You can save every day by shopping at Whole Foods Market. Seriously, don't just go for the big sales. They have literally thousands of low-priced goods with their house brand, 365 by Whole Foods Market, while at happy prices, limited-time seasonal flavors, and all the quality you expect, like no high-fructose corn syrup or over 300 other ingredients banned from all the food they sell. There's so many ways to save at Whole Foods Market. Now you know. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Hey friends, I'm Laura Adams, and this is the Money Girl Podcast, where my mission is to help you live rich and love the journey. This show is for busy people who want to learn more about personal finance. We cover a wide range of topics like credit, debt, investing, real estate, business, taxes, insurance, money management strategies, and lots more. I'm so glad to have your ears, and I really want to thank you for downloading the show and spending a little of your precious time with me. This is episode number 515, called Four Ways to Invest in Stocks with Little Money or Experience. This show is for you if you haven't started investing yet, or maybe you have, but you're just really not sure what you're doing or what you're supposed to do. This is a really, really important topic because your entire financial future depends on investing wisely. So I really want you to tune in and pay attention. And by the way, if you have questions, comments, or even suggestions for future show topics, I want to hear them. You can reach me in several different ways. One is on Twitter. My handle there is at Laura Adams. You can also check out my personal website at lauradadams.com, and I have a contact page there. And you can also join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To join, you can just text me. Text the word dollars, D-O-L-L-A-R-S, to the number 33444. And I also send out a weekly email that I think you might like. It's short, it's free, and it's filled with tips, tools, and recommendations that are kind of from a variety of sources and things that I'm enjoying. So to get it, you want to text GET UPDATES. Again, it's GET UPDATES. Text that to the number 33444. And also, if you have a question, you can always just hit REPLY to that weekly email. Okay, I'm going to start out today's show with a question that came in from Moad H. And I'm not sure if Moad, if I'm saying that correctly, or if it's a he or a she, but Moad says, I'm 27 years old and want to invest in stocks, but don't have the confidence to do it after hearing how risky it can be. I've done research about different types of stocks like REITs, Roth IRAs, and mutual funds but still feel like a rookie. If I invest $10,000, how long will it take to see a profit? Moad, thanks so much for this question, and I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong, but I'm going to answer your question in the show, and I'm going to review four easy ways to invest in stocks with very little money or experience. I'm going to make it really simple so that you can invest confidently and wisely to build wealth for the future. 
So let's get started by talking about what stocks are. I do recommend that every investor own stocks. However, there's a right way and a wrong way to buy them. So before we get started, I want to explain very much in plain English what a stock is and the pros and cons about owning them that every investor should know. So here's the deal. Companies issue stock to raise money from investors. It's really that simple. Maybe there's a company like Apple that wants to fund groundbreaking research. Maybe they want to open a new division in a foreign country or hire a crew of talented designers. Whatever they want to do, they want to raise the money, they can issue stock to do it. So if you buy shares of Apple stock, what you're doing is buying a very small piece of the company. And that's why stocks are also known as equities. If a company does well, investors want more of its stock. That pushes the price up. Likewise, if a company doesn't do well, if they have lower than expected earnings or they get some bad press, the stock value can go down really quickly as investors sell their shares and want to get rid of them. There are hundreds of thousands of companies that offer stocks on different marketplaces, which are known as exchanges. You've probably heard of the two largest exchanges. They're the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. As I'm writing, Apple stock can be purchased on the NASDAQ for $154.12, and Wells Fargo Bank stock is sold on the New York Stock Exchange, and right now it's selling at $55.15 per share. So let's talk about the pros and cons. The main advantage of investing in stocks is that over time, they give you one of the best and most simple opportunities to make money. Although there's no guarantee that every stock will increase in value, since 1926, the average stock has returned close to 10% a year. So if you're investing for the long term, which, by the way, is the only type of investing that I recommend, stocks can turbocharge your portfolio and help you build wealth. No other type of common investment, such as bonds or money market funds, outperform stocks over time. Now, the main disadvantage of investing in stocks is that prices can be volatile. The value of a stock can change from second to second, even nanosecond to nanosecond with electronic trading. It can change quickly as trading volume fluctuates. The release of a disappointing quarterly financial statement, news about a product recall, or changes in the global economy are just a few triggers that can cause investors to buy or sell stock shares and that influences price. So price volatility is the reason that stocks are one of the riskiest investments to own in the short term. However, what I'm going to talk about in this podcast is how you can minimize risk by adopting a long-term buy and hold strategy. Additionally, if you're diversified and you own many, many stocks, instead of just one or two, that also offsets risk. And I'll tell you easy ways to do that in just a moment. So my advice for Moad is to never, ever pick individual stocks on your own. It's just way too risky. If they perform poorly, you could lose your entire investment. So leave the stock picking to professional money managers who research company financials and industry forecasts for a living. And guys, even the professionals don't get it right a lot of the time. 
Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me, this spring is pretty rough on allergies. Sometimes you just don't even want to go outside. But luckily for those that live with the symptoms of allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in one pill that relieve your symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It's a double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, sinus congestion, and pressure with ease. Claritin D starts working fast, like as little as 30 minutes, and it's non-drowsy relief, so you still make the most of the day. If you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. You can find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. You want to ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Hey there, I'm Brad. I'm about to win the Tuesday Night Bowling League Championship. I'm also a highway worker for the Ohio Department of Transportation. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I can bowl the winning strike with my buddies. Remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down. Okay, here are four ways to create a diversified stock portfolio, even if you don't have much money or experience with the stock market. The first is buy a stock mutual fund. Mutual funds are collections of assets managed by a professional. Shares of mutual funds are bought and sold by a fund family, and you've probably heard of many of these, like Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles Schwab. There are different types, including stock mutual funds, bond mutual funds, and specialty mutual funds. A stock mutual fund is simply an investment made up of hundreds or thousands of different stocks of different companies. It might focus exclusively on international, domestic, large, small, or growing companies. It may only own stocks in certain industries, like utilities, real estate, gold mining, or technology companies. Having many individual stocks within a single investment gives you instant diversification, and that's what minimizes risk over time. Yes, some of the stocks owned within a fund may go down, but they can be offset by others that go up. You might see terms like large cap, mid cap, and small cap in the names of stock funds. Cap is short for market capitalization, which is the value of a company's stock shares. So a large cap mutual fund means that it only owns shares of big companies like Apple, Target, or General Electric. All mutual funds charge fees, and these are known as the expense ratio. They pay for costs like management, administration, and advertising. So an important tip for buying mutual funds is to look for the lowest fees possible. For instance, 
If you see an expense ratio of 3%, that means that each year, 3% of a fund's total assets will be used to pay expenses. Now, that fee comes off of your potential annual return and cuts into your earnings. So if you choose a similar fund that charges just 1% or maybe even less than 1%, you're going to reap higher returns over time. The second way to easily invest in stocks is to buy a stock index fund. Index funds are a type of stock mutual fund, and they're called index funds because they attempt to match or outperform a market index, such as the Standard & Poor's 500, known as the S&P 500. So index funds own large, diversified portfolios of individual stocks, And those stocks generally go up in value over time. Index funds are managed passively, which means they do not try to make quick gains by buying and selling the underlying investments frequently. Owning index funds gives you a really easy way to get very broad exposure to a market. And since they don't have teams of research analysts or high operating expenses, they typically charge relatively low fees. The third way to invest in stocks is to buy a stock exchange-traded fund, or ETF for short. Now, on the surface, an ETF looks very much like a mutual fund because both are collections of underlying assets. Those could be stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, currencies, or many other types of investments. And those collections or baskets of assets give you affordable and convenient diversification. But there are a lot of differences between mutual funds and ETFs. Unlike a mutual fund, an ETF trades on an exchange, just like a stock, where you can track its price and buy or sell it at any time the market is open. With an ETF, you know the exact companies or assets you own because that information is available daily. Now, with mutual funds, Many only reveal their portfolio holdings a few times a year. So ETFs are a little different because they never leave you guessing about where your money is exactly. Like index mutual funds, the objective for many ETFs is to match an index like the S&P 500. And they do that using a passive investing strategy. As I mentioned, this is different from actively managed funds that try to beat the market with various investing strategies, and they've also got to pay for that. They've got to pay management for ongoing research and transaction costs. So to get the job done, ETFs typically do not buy and sell investments frequently or have as much overhead when compared to large mutual fund families, and those savings get passed along to investors. So when you compare the average mutual fund to an ETF, many ETFs are going to charge lower fees. Additionally, many investment analysts have found that passive funds, such as ETFs and index funds, pay out higher returns over time than actively managed funds. Okay, the fourth way to easily own stocks is to buy a target date fund. Target date funds are also known as life cycle funds, and they're one of the newest and most innovative funds available. You'll see them offered by both mutual fund families and exchange-traded fund families. 
Target date funds own different types of investments, and the fund manager gradually shifts the allocation of those investments according to a selected time frame, such as your estimated retirement date. That's why you typically see a year in the name of a target fund. So you know a target date fund because it typically includes a year, like Retirement 2030 Fund or Retirement 2055 Fund. That date should correspond to the date that you think you will want to retire. For instance, if you're 35 years old right now and you want to retire in 30 years, that would be 2047. So choose the fund with the closest target date. Maybe that's the 2045 fund or maybe it's the 2050 fund. Just get as close as you can. What's so clever about these funds is that they have what's called a glide path that slowly owns fewer stocks and more bonds and cash the closer you get to the target date. So as I mentioned, stocks are the riskiest type of investment. So it's wise to own a smaller proportion of them in your portfolio and to get more financially conservative as you approach retirement. So because these target date funds already include a mix of asset classes, typically stocks, bonds, and cash, you only need to own one of them. So the right amount of stocks is already baked into the investment, making it a really easy one-size-fits-all solution. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about investing, I want to recommend some of the recent podcasts that address issues about investing and retirement accounts. Check out podcast number 399. It's called How to Invest Money in Your IRA or 401k Retirement Account. There's podcast 420 called Are You Making Investing Too Complicated? And podcast number 430 is called Investing Tips for College Students and Baby Boomers, plus everyone in between. Okay, let's get back to Moad's question. Here she said, I've done research about different types of stocks, like REITs, Roth IRAs, and mutual funds, but still feel like a rookie. Moat, I want to be clear that none of the investments that you mentioned is a stock, and you may be using the term stock and investment interchangeably, but that's not correct. There are many other types of investments besides stocks, like bonds, real estate, currencies, and precious metals. So you mentioned REIT, which is R-E-I-T, and that stands for Real Estate Investment Trust which is a company that owns real estate. You mentioned a Roth IRA. That's a type of retirement account in which you can invest. You can own just about any type of investment inside of a Roth IRA, including stocks. And as I mentioned, mutual funds are a collection of assets, which could include stocks if you choose one of the four options that I reviewed. Moad also asked about how long it would take to see a profit. And I want to reiterate that I don't advise investing money for the short term because it's just too risky. So asking how long it will take to see a profit really is not the right question. A better question is, how much should I invest each year to achieve my long-term goals, such as retirement? Exactly how much your account will grow depends on many factors, including how much you invest over time, the investments you choose, how long you own them, and whether you use a taxable or a tax-advantaged account. 
So Moad, if you don't have a retirement account like a 401k or a 403b through your work, then I'd recommend that you open an IRA and max it out every single year. For 2017, you can contribute up to $5,500 to either a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. And if you have a workplace plan, you can put in a lot more. You can contribute up to $18,000 for 2017. And if you want to learn more about the pros and cons of different types of retirement accounts, I created a handy one-page reference tool called the Retirement Account Comparison Chart. You can get this free download by texting the word RETIRE, R-E-T-I-R-E, to the number 33444, and you will get my Retirement Account Comparison Chart. So after you open a retirement account, that's when you're going to need to choose the investments to own inside it. And you're going to have a menu of options to choose from, no matter if you're opening an account through work or an IRA on your own. And you may even also have access to an advisor or a custodian who can help you. As I mentioned, every investor should own stock through a fund, a mutual fund, an index fund, a target date fund, or an exchange-traded fund. But how much stock is right for you? That's a really important question. And the answer depends on your appetite for risk, plus other factors like your age and when you want to retire. While there's no one-size-fits-all asset allocation, in general, the younger you are, the more stock you should own. And I'm going to give you a really easy shortcut to figure out how much stock you should own. Take your age and subtract it from 100. That's the number that you want to use as the percentage of stock funds to own in your retirement portfolio. For example, if you're 40, you might consider holding 60% of your portfolio in stocks. And if you tend to be more aggressive or a little bit more risky, maybe subtract your age from 110 instead of from 100. That would indicate 70% for stocks. But this is just a rough guideline that you may decide to change. You might allocate your stock percentage to a variety of stock funds or put it all into one stock fund. As I mentioned, with a target date fund, it's already got the right amount of stock based on the date you want to retire. So as I mentioned, that's kind of a one-and-done type of fund. Um, but if you do allocate a certain amount for stocks, the remaining amount would be in other asset classes like bonds and cash. Make a goal to invest a minimum of 10 to 15% of your annual gross income for retirement. If you can't set aside that much, just start small. Don't worry about it. Just get started. Even investing 1% or 2% is a great way to start. Then you increase your contributions by a percentage or two each year. Having the option to start small is another benefit of owning stock funds. Unlike other types of investments such as real estate or businesses, you do not need much money to buy them. One of the most powerful ways to build wealth and financial security is actually pretty boring. It's simply choosing low-cost funds inside of a retirement account and then contributing 10 to 15% of your income over a very long period of time. Moad, don't get fooled into thinking that you need to take a lot of risk to be an investor. If anyone recommends that you buy this stock or that stock, smile politely and say, thanks for your suggestion. 
and then never act on it. As I mentioned, for most investors who do not want to make a career out of stock picking, buying individual stocks is a very bad idea. So trying to find one or two winning stocks is like gambling. It's just not smart strategic investing. Buying and holding one or more diversified funds, that's the way to go. That minimizes your investment risk. If the price of one stock in a fund takes a dive, it's no big deal because you own hundreds or thousands of other stocks that may be holding steady or going up. Moad, I hope this helps you and everyone listening understand the right way to buy stocks. If you're enjoying the show, I hope you'll let me know by subscribing to the podcast. It's free. And take a couple minutes to submit a quick five-star review on iTunes. I read all of your reviews, and if you've already done it, thank you very, very much. It really means a lot to me. If you want to find older podcast episodes, they're on the Money Girls section at quickanddirtytips.com. That's where you'll also find all of the show notes. So if you want to go back and read this episode uh, maybe review the principles here. Just go to the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Hey there, I'm Brad. I'm about to win the Tuesday Night Bowling League Championship. I'm also a highway worker for the Ohio Department of Transportation. When you move over and slow down, you're making sure I can bowl the winning strike with my buddies. Remember, they're not just roadside workers. Thank you for moving over and slowing down. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.